0: I'm Luke Wilson, I am 18 years old. I first thought I had accepted Christ when uh, I was going in 10th grade year at a greenhouse, but I never really changed. I just kept on going through the motions and I never did anything. I never even told anybody, but senior year came this year and on this last mission trip, I accepted Christ. We were on the mission trip and during a service, the uh, preacher was up there preaching and uh, uh, I wasn't really paying any attention, but the, but God was just speaking to me and basically was telling me that I wasn't actually a Christian. And so he just really got to me and later I accepted Christ. I'm here today to let you know that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Yeah. That's Luke Wilson. Uh, Luke is one of our seniors who just graduated and in a couple of days is gonna be heading to, uh, to Bama um, to begin his college career. Um, his story is, uh, is where I, I just wanna camp out, I just wanna start here because something about Luke's story just like resonated in me and I, I hope it gets to resonate in you. That, when he, that mission trip he was talking about, well, a lot of you were on. Let me see your hand if you were on that mission trip in, in Atlanta this past summer. Yeah. This was a couple weeks ago, right? Not that, not that long ago at all. We all still remember it. It was, it was there. And, and so Luke came into this. Um, he, he'd he'd grown up in our church. He'd been a part of our church for pretty much his entire life. He'd come through all six years of student ministry. And he, he, got to this, he got to this mission trip. This was the last trip of his last year in student ministry, and it was the last night of that last trip, of that last. This is literally the last minute and Luke's in this worship service, and, um, and, 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 and something happened. And then afterwards, we, we all uh, the, do what we do after mission trips and, and after fusion stuff in and, and the evenings. We, after worship, we all gather in a big room kind of like this, and we sit in this one huge circle, right? It's the biggest circle ever. We had like 100 people in this room, and we're in there. And every night after worship, we'd go in there, and we'd share stories about what God had done in us and what God had done through us. And so people start sharing these stories. Now, if you know Luke, Luke is not a guy who speaks up in those kind of settings a lot. It's just not who he is. Um, and if he does, it's usually a joke. He's like kind of busting on somebody or something. And so Luke's not saying anything until we get two-thirds through this church group time at the, the last night of the last trip of his, you know, whatever, right? And two-thirds of the way through, Luke finally speaks up and he's not joking on anybody. He has this, um, this difference in his voice this kind of weightiness to him that I hadn't really heard before. And I've been with this guy six years. And he speaks, and he speaks with kind of this this weight and this sincerity and this, this authority that hadn't been there before. And with tears in his eyes, he looked around the room at the hundred of us strong and said, listen, what I need to tell you tonight is that I've wasted all of my time here. I've been here for six years in student ministry, and I've wasted every minute of it. So I'm here. I, mean, I, I just I didn't plug in. I didn't really try. I didn't apply anything anybody taught me. I just would zone out. And tonight, what God was saying to me was was that I, I've I've wasted all of my time here, and I don't want you to do what I've done. And that hit me. But the group continues, right? And we tell some more stories and other things are kind of coming up and the conversation conversation with 100 people takes a while. And so we're having our conversation, we're going, and somebody else brings up another thing and they say, hey, um, God's taught me a lot and really challenged me to go home and live differently in some ways with something to that effect. I really don't remember exactly what they said, but it's basically they wanna go home and live differently because of what God had done on that trip. And Luke speaks up again. It was like even more, just more aggression, more, more weight, more conviction in his voice. He says, listen, don't wait to do that. I never did that. I never actually changed anything anywhere. I just, I, I wasted all of my time. And he said it again, just don't, don't waste your time. I knew something was going on with Luke, obvious, right? And so I'm in my head, I'm like, we you better talk about something, right? And so everybody at the, the group ends and everybody files out and, and Luke's waiting on me. He says, hey, can we talk? It's that phrase we tell you to tell your leaders, right? You say, hey, can we talk? Then we'll have a good conversation. It's gonna be great. And so Luke says, hey, can we talk? I'm like, yeah, I think we can. And so we sat down next to each other just by ourselves and, and I'm like, Luke, tell me, tell me what's going on. And he told me a story. He said that he was sitting in this worship service the last night of his last trip of his last year in student ministry and he wasn't paying attention like always. And despite that, God starts like bringing thoughts to his mind. God starts like not speaking audibly to him but just bringing things to mind. And he said, what I felt like God was telling me tonight during worship had nothing to do with whatever that guy was saying. What I felt like God was telling me tonight was that I'm um, I'm faking all of this. I'm faking this. I'm not a Christian. I'm lost. And I've just been faking it. I've been following everything else that high schoolers follow, my entire time I've been around, and I've just wasted every opportunity that I've been given. I've wasted all of my time here, and I'm lost. I said, Luke, do you want to do something about that? Luke walked out of that building that night uh, forgiven. Luke walked out of that, that building that night with hope and with joy. And, um, Luke walked out of that building uh, different and changed forever for eternity because Luke gave his life to Christ uh, sitting right there with me, hanging out after a service he didn't pay attention to. And the resounding word that he said was, don't waste your time, don't waste your time. So my, my, my thing I wanted to begin the year together with was just this plead, this, this plea, this, this challenge for you not to waste your time, not to fake it anymore. I don't want us to do that anymore. If that's where you've been, then I'm talking to you. If you know somewhere deep down inside that you've been faking this, that, this that, that you're just, you know, you come on Wednesdays, you come on Sunday, maybe, and, and, and that, that this person you are here is different than who you are tomorrow. If you are faking it, you are wasting your time. And from the voice of this guy who did it, don't. I want all of you, I want all of us, to know and enjoy and experience Jesus Christ the way Luke does. Now, the way I do, the way your leaders do, the way many of you in the room do, I want all of us to get to know and experience the fullness of the God of the universe personally. That's what I want for you. I don't want anything less than that. I don't want you to just be able to come to Greenhouse to have some friends. I don't want you to be able to come to Greenhouse to have something to do on Wednesdays and you, know, you get a free shirt or whatever. Like, I, don't, I don't care. I do, but I want something so much bigger than that. I want you to know that you know that you know that you know Jesus. Because everything else is a wasted time, wasted moment, wasted life without it. This semester, I want us together to run hard after Christ. I want us to put some mileage behind where we were last year. I want you to put some mileage behind where you were last year and where you're going to be at the end of this year. I want, I want you to look back over this year in student ministry, in school or whatever, just this year of your life. I want you to look back at who you were at the end of this year, 12 months prior, and say, I, don't even, I can't even recognize that person. I want God to revolutionize who you are. I want huge things for you this year. I don't want anything less. So everything we're going to do this year is going to be intended to challenge you and help you and guide you and equip you to do that. So if you will, do what Luke told you to do and plug in and lean in and try and apply. If you will do it, God will do magnificent stuff for you. No more faking, no more wasted time. If that's striking a chord in you somewhere and you're tired of faking, you're tired of wasting your time, you don't even want to do that anymore, you really want to live out this relationship with Jesus or figure out what that even means for some of you. If you really want to do that, then I want to give you a starting point tonight. Out of the word of God, I want you to walk out of here with, with a place for you to start and some stuff to kind of hang that on so you can get going well. That's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to figure out how to get going well. So we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 9 tonight. So you get your Bible. There's Bibles in the windowsills all the time. Um, up above there, if you need to get one, you can, you're free to get up and walk over there. Nobody's going to get mad at you. Um, if you've got an app or something that's cool, whatever makes you happy, um, uh, it will make me happy. Okay? So Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to be, beginning in verse 23. In this passage, Jesus um, is going to do just that. He's going to explain to us how we're going to get going in chasing after him, to run after him well. If that's our goal, if we want to chase after Jesus well, then this passage is going to tell us exactly how to do that. So, in, in Luke chapter nine, Jesus begins in verse twenty-three, and he says to everybody there, not just the twelve disciples or some like special people or something. To everybody there, he speaks to them. So that's, that includes that can include all of us. So, to people like us, Jesus says, "If anyone, if anyone, not like the cool people, not like the the really like." good people or something, if anybody, no matter like how, what your background is, no matter what you did this summer, no matter whatever, like if anyone would come after me, me being Jesus, if anybody would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This passage we're going to look at tonight, just a heads up, just for free, this is, gonna, this is a theologically dense sort of passage. This is one of those passages that you're going to have to think about Okay, you're gonna have to like actually engage your mind. I'm sorry, okay? But you're gonna have to think about this to, to grasp all these concepts that Jesus is throwing out here, okay? So he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So let's define some terms. This deny yourself. This isn't like being on a diet and you deny yourself chocolate, okay? That's, it's, it's bigger than that, okay? So being a Christian, Jesus is saying, following him isn't just not doing some things, yeah, there's some behaviors that we don't do, but we don't do them because of something bigger. So when he says deny yourself, just generally deny yourself. What, do you, what basically the best way I can put that for you? It essentially means that that we're giving up, we're giving up our personal control of our own lives, which is hefty. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a light requirement. So it's like if you're, I'm going to deny my very self. Basically, that's giving up my, my ability to guide, my ability to direct life in general. If that wasn't enough, he goes on. He says, um, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. That phrase, take up his cross. That, that, for any of us, it, whether you're a Christian or not, if you've, I mean, you've been alive, you, you know that the cross has something to do with Jesus, and it's like a torture instrument, right? That Jesus died on a cross, so that's what this is intended to do. Jesus is, before he's even gone, he's, he's, he's using this imagery and saying that following me is gonna cost something. And so they, they, if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna make a commitment to follow me to the point of sacrifice. Jesus, this cross thing for Jesus is, symbolizes his death where he died, bled and died on a cross for your sin and for my sin, like taking our punishment. He paid your punishment on that cross. And to us, he says, if you want to follow me, you also need to pick up your cross and let's go. It's not a literal cross. You don't need to build a cross out of like two by fours and like take it to school with you. That's not at all what Jesus is intending here. What he's saying is like, is, is, it, that taking up that cross, that daily taking up our cross is a daily recommitment to follow well. A daily recommitment to walk in the way that He walked to live the way that he lived, to do what he's called us to do. It's a daily recommitment to that. I'm amazed all the time by you guys in, in how seriously you take commitments. Not only have we have ever talked about this in greenhouse, but this is like one of my, my like Huntsville specific things. This is like weird here, okay? And everywhere else I've ever been, uh, teenagers don't take commitments seriously at all. And if you wanna skip a practice or something, you just do it, you don't care, right? Not here. You guys will move heaven and earth to keep some random commitment you've got that you made like, cause your mom made you or something, okay? Your parents will drive you halfway across the continental U.S. to keep some random commitment that you've got. Like you guys go, I mean, when we get in the summer and stuff and some of the trajectories you guys have to take, like somebody, <laughs> uh, somebody was trying to get their parents to drive them from Texas all the way to Atlanta to make mission trip. And I was like, that's commitment. That's cool, right? it also goes the other way, like if we have, um, if uh, like baseball guys, man, especially Sparkman, you have a commitment and you will not break it. So like if there's a theoretical possibility of a practice during this weird week where it's going to be zero degrees outside, you're going to keep that commitment. You will too. Like, like I don't know, man. I'm committed, I gotta go. And I respect that. Like I, I respect that when you make a commitment, you're gonna follow through on it. Even if I want you to do something else, you're like, I'm committed, and you like, oh, know, fine, right? I get it. That's respectable. And Jesus comes in and he's like, But 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 your commitment to me is about a cross, your commitment to me is about sacrifice. Your commitment to me supersedes all other commitments. See, this commitment to Jesus, if we're going to follow him well, if we're not going to waste our time and we're not going to fake it anymore, then we have, to, we have to re-visualize this commitment to Christ as more than just like another commitment. When he says, take up your cross daily and follow me, what he's saying is that every day that we're going to get up and we're going to recommit ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to recommit myself to following after my Lord and Savior with everything I have that day. But no matter what other commitments, no matter what other temptations would come in my way, I'm committed to this because, listen, students, we've staked our lives on this. We've staked our eternities to this commitment. No other commitment comes close to that. Now, what I'm not saying, don't hear me. Like, if you're a band person or something, I'm not saying that, like, you're... I, your commitment to ban, like you, you can't like miss fall retreat or, or something. Or, yeah, I don't want you to like be misconstrued here. Like a commitment to the student ministry is equal to commitment to Christ. That is not what I'm saying, okay? Those are separate things. But your commitment to Jesus supersedes anything else. Your commitment to the student ministry is, you know, second to that. Just kidding. But like, there is a difference to this. If you've staked your life on a commitment then when a temptation comes or if, if, if anyone or anything tries to come between you and Jesus and following Jesus well, then we stand firm. We don't, we don't bend to those things because you staked your life on this commitment. It supersedes any temptation. It supersedes anyone. It supersedes anything. It supersedes what college you go to. It supersedes who you marry. It supersedes all other commitments, all other choices, because you have staked your eternity on the commitments you've made to Christ. And he says, if you don't want to waste your time, if you don't want to fake it, if you really want to follow me well and take this seriously, then my, your commitment to Christ is that of taking up your cross daily and following. Daily recommitting yourselves to live this thing out to the point of sacrifice. I know, I mean, I, I know how busy your world is. You're some of the busiest people I've ever encountered. Like, you don't even have kids yet and you're already tired. Like, you're all... When you guys get to be like 40, you're going to look 80 because, dude, you're stressed. I get it. Your schedules are insane. And with the insanity of what it means to be a high school student, there's, you have, you have 10,000 competing commitments. Your commitment to Jesus supersedes all of those things. And until you get that prioritization right, you're going to be wasting your time. If you're pursuing a commitment to a dating relationship over your commitment to Christ, you've got it wrong. If you're committed to uh, getting a 34 on your ACT and you're pursuing that at the expense of your relationship with Jesus, you're doing life wrong. Whatever it is that you can imagine being committed to, if you are pursuing that above your pursuit of Jesus, you're off. We need to keep moving. Verse 24 he continues, he said, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is basically what Jesus is saying is like, if you are working so hard to, on your life, trying to save your life, to, to create this world around you, create the life that you wanted to have, and man, you're gonna have the right friends and the, the right person you're dating, and you're gonna have the right, you know, GPA and you're going to be this great at sports and you're going to do all these things and you're pursuing having this, this perfect curated little world, you know, and you're going to have 5,000 Instagram followers. and That's going to be great. And like, everything's going to be just perfect in your world. He's saying, if you're trying to save your own life under your power in your direction, the way you want it to be, you're going to lose out on the life that's possible in Christ. He's like, I've, I've got, a, I've got this life planned out for you. It's beautiful. And if you go try to save your own life, save that life you had before you had me and try to live your own kind of life, you're gonna miss out on the life I have for you. You're gonna miss it. I was trying to think of a way to, it's like, this is, I know this, that verse 24 is kind of complicated. And I was trying to think of a way to, to just make it real simple for us. And I was reminded of this picture I saw on, on the internet, I don't know, uh, a few weeks ago. It, um, it's, there's this giant whale and there's a little dinky boat. I don't know if y'all can see it, especially in the back. All those people, they're looking that way which is sad, (laughs) right? You can see this lady's sunglasses, the the first guy and the second lady, their sunglasses are pointing that way. They missed that. They probably felt their boat move afterwards, but like they completely missed it. They have a plan and they're pursuing their plan. It's to look out the right side of the boat. The person on the microphone told them to look over there. And there's this awesome like beautiful thing going on right behind them and they've completely missed it because they were looking that way. So many times, students, I think what we do, the reason that we are wasting our time, the reason um, that we're not getting anywhere spiritually is because we're too busy focused in the wrong direction. We think that if we just put enough effort into our, our academics, if we put enough effort into sports, if we put enough effort into our dating relationship, then life is finally gonna make some sense and be okay. And all the whole time Jesus is like, "Hey." Look at me, right? And we're over here like staring at those weirdos. I mean, it was, we're looking in the wrong direction and we're missing the fullness of what God has. You're wasting your time. If the focus of your heart and mind and soul and strength is on everything in your world except Christ, you are wasting your time. Your sports achievements are a waste of time compared to Jesus. Your GPA is a waste of time compared to Jesus. Your dating relationships are a waste of time, period. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> it is, is, man. And so that's, that's so many times I feel, like, I feel like that's us. We're up in the boat. We're looking at all the things that are pretty and whatever and that everybody tells you to focus on. And we miss out on the fullness of what Christ has made available to us. He brings it home, verse 25. He says, What does it profit a man if he gains the entire world and loses or forfeits himself? What good is it if somebody gains the whole world and forfeits their eternity, forfeits themselves? Our culture is full of examples of this, man. Like, it's just everywhere. But the the one that came up in the news this past week was Michael Phelps. Anybody here see the ESPN story on Michael Phelps this past week? Nope, good. I'll tell you about it. So, um, you know who Michael Phelps is? Nod. Good. Everyone on earth does, okay? So as far as gaining the whole world, he did that. And got a whole bunch of medals too, right? So after the 2012 Olympics, dude had more Olympic medals of anybody in the history of world. I don't know, right? He's awesome at things. So, and he's, he set out to accomplish something. He dedicated his life to swim fast. And he did. He swam real fast. And, and he got lots of medals for it. And it was super great. And, you know, they played the song 17 times. He got, probably got tired of the national anthem by that, by that point. And at the end of the Olympics, he went home. He gained the whole world. He did it. He was a household name all across the the globe and he was was the most decorated athlete in the history of the world. That's an accomplishment. Within two years, he was um, on drugs, uh, publicly shamed, um, got another DUI and was suicidal. He gained the whole world and it wasn't worth living. And then a retired NFL player. I don't know how, like, I don't know how Michael Phelps and a retired NFL player are like friends and chill and stuff, but apparently that's a thing. I don't know. Um, So Ray Lewis, who had gone through some similar stuff, uh, gave Michael Phelps a copy of a book called A Purpose Driven Life. It's written by a pastor in California named Rick Warren, and it's it's called A Purpose Driven Life. It's about Jesus. It's about how Jesus gives your life purpose. That's all the book's about. It's basically it. And again, so Michael Phelps, gay in the whole world, wanted to kill himself and got a copy of uh, Purpose Driven Life from a retired NFL guy. And so he read it. And they got the, they've got Ray Lewis on, on, the, on the video and Ray's talking about how um, Michael started calling him all the time. And it's like telling him cool stuff he found in the book. He talks about one time where, where Michael Phelps <laughs> uh, called him and was just giddy was just like giddy over this this book of that's finally like shedding some light on what this life's supposed to be about. And he's like, man, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This this thing has literally saved me. Gained the whole world and wasn't worth living. Gets one book about purpose of life in Christ and freaks out. He was in an emotional rehab center, which also apparently is a thing. And, um, and they, they nicknamed him uh, Preacher Mike. I don't know why Mike, I guess Michael. That makes sense, I guess. Clicked in my head while I was up here. Um, and uh, Michael, got it. i like, his name's Phelps. Anyway, um, so he's at, he's at emotional rehab and they nicknamed him Preacher Mike because he won't stop reading everybody excerpts out of, out of Purpose Driven Life. I don't know if Michael Phelps is a Christian yet but it seems like he's heading that way and he seems a whole lot better for it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? It seems I know you guys. I know how hard you work to gain the whole world. I know how hard you work to get the right friend group around you. I know how hard you work to try to get the, that person that you are infatuated with to talk to you. I know how hard you work at school. You're People give you way too much homework. You can tell them your student minister told you that. Like, I, I, I get it. I know how hard you work to gain the whole world. But what good is that? If you forfeit your soul. See, so let me ask you this. Those of you who went to the mission trip, and even those of you who went to Fuge, if we, got our, we got our eighth graders. Where are my eighth graders at? Or you're not ninth graders. You're not eighth graders anymore. Former eighth graders, okay, now. Dude, I'm pumped you guys are here. It's awesome. You're gonna love it. Um, hey, what's up? I see you. All right. Um, it was like all of them and you two guys. I was like, oh man, I missed you. All right. So if you went to Fuge or you went to the mission trip, um, let me ask you this. When, were you, when did you feel most alive this summer? I think, I think every one of you that were on one of those trips would say that when you were um, on that trip, and you were connected to the word of God, and you were, you were among the people of God, and you were doing the work of God, that that was the most alive, that was the most significant you felt the entire summer. I know it was for me. Having felt that, having experienced that, having experienced like true meaning, true purpose, true significance, are we now gonna go back to school and just go and chase all the same junk we've been chasing? Are we just gonna go back to normal and pursue all of the, all of the random and all the meaningless and then abandon the, the thing that you, at one point this summer, were so committed to? I don't, I, 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 I wanna echo Luke's words, man. I don't want any one of us, myself, any of us in the room, leaders, I don't want any of us to waste one more moment living for anything but Jesus. It's not worth it. What good is it for us to gain the whole world and forfeit our souls? I wanna run hard together with you after Christ this year. That's really all I wanna do. I wanna have some fun. I wanna get to hang out and high five each other and talk about life and stuff, but in the context of us spurring one another on towards that Jesus who is worth it. So do you want to join us Do you wanna join in with a group of people doing that? Do you wanna run alongside one another and chase after Jesus together so that collectively we're stronger than we'd ever be on our own? Do you want that? Then I'd invite you to do it. I think that MZBC students is a place where you can do that. Or whether you've been a Christian for 10 years or 10 minutes, or you're not even really sure what a Christian is and you're just happy to be here and you think this wall back here looks cool, which it does, then I'm just, dude. I'm happy you're here. But our purpose together in all of that, whatever stage of all that you came in here, is to get closer and closer to knowing this Jesus because those of us who do know him know that he is worth it. So if you wanna do that, if you don't wanna waste any more time and you wanna chase after Jesus together, then my challenge for you is, is for right now and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day to wake up in the morning and take up that cross, to recommit yourself, restake your life on the gospel and then live like it. We're gonna work out some practicalities of that. You're gonna talk about some of that stuff in your small group. But we're gonna work on that and figure out how to do that and what that means and what that looked like, what's involved in that this entire semester. We are going to be about chasing after Christ together. But for right now, that's your step. Will you commit, just in your head, if you're a Christian, if you're not, man, I'm just happy you're here. That's cool. If you're a Christian in the room, right now in your head, would you just say to Jesus, like would you just pray a prayer inside your heart, say, I'm, I'm recommitting again. I'm in. I'm in for tomorrow. I'm restaking my life on the gospel right now for the next day. Good. And then tomorrow, that's what I want you to do again to agree in your heart that today I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to chase after Jesus as best I can because that commitment supersedes all others. I want to pray for you, and I've got to give you a whole bunch of instructions, okay? Let's pray together. Father, um, I'm thankful that we get to be in this place together. Um, I've missed having everyone together, and God, I'm thankful for that. Father, we are uh, people who are, are spread between a 1,000 commitments, we're people who are distracted by all the things people tell us to devote our lives to. But somewhere down in, in, in so many of our hearts, God, there's something that just says that we're, we don't wanna be focused on all that anymore. We don't wanna waste our time with all that stuff anymore. We don't wanna put all those things before you anymore. We don't wanna be faking this abiding relationship with you. We want that to be real. We wanna follow you well. And God, we pray that you would help us to figure out how to do that. Help us to be people who would live worthy of the calling for which you've called us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, I have to give you a thousand instructions, so just brace yourself. It's gonna be awesome, okay? I'm gonna talk with a voice like this that makes it sound fun, okay? All right, here we go, listen to me. Okay. So we do small groups as a part of Greenhouse. The reason we do small groups is to remind you is because we had 500 people come through the doors of Greenhouse one year and no one knew who 300 of them were and that's dumb, all right? So we wanted everybody that comes in the doors of Greenhouse to be able to get to know some people their own age, their own gender, that they could hang out and talk about stuff and and connect with somebody. This is an intimidating room to walk into, is it not? It is. So that's what your small groups exist for. You talk about stuff, it's awesome. There are leaders who lead your smarter. They're adults. They have, um, a lot of them have on the shirt that I have on. It says leader on the back. We're easy to find. Um, so they're going to, uh, yeah, if leaders, if you want to go, make sure you got your brown paper bag over there. Um, if, er, there's one per group. So if your co-leaders got it, it's All right. Shh. Zip it. I got to think of what I got to say next. Uh, okay. So we have a gift for you. It's this shirt. It doesn't say leader on the back. Um, it's going to be awesome. Now, here's how you get that shirt. Shh. You're right. Here's how you get the shirt. Your leaders in their little brown paper bags have uh, student info cards that are blank. But this year, for the first time in MZBC students' history, we're not making every single one of you fill one out because we figured out how we don't have to. It's gonna be great. So here's what we did. If you've been around for a while, or if the computer said so, um, then it it printed a little piece of paper that's got uh, hopefully a picture of you that's not from when you were six. Maybe it was when you were six. And if it is, we'll up, we, you need to update that in your groups. Your group leaders have an app. They'll take a picture of you and you won't be six anymore. Um, and in your little thing, there's, shh, look at me. There's, uh, there's like your phone number and all the info about you, okay? So if, you, if, if your bag has one of those, you have to confirm all that's right, okay? And then uh, there's a table we're all gonna go to in the gym lobby over there. You're gonna hand them your piece of paper that you have confirmed your information's right and they'll give you a shirt, If you don't have one of those little pieces of paper in your bag, you have to fill out a new student info card. Even if you've been here since you were four, if you don't have one of these pieces of paper in your bag, you have to fill out a student info card, okay? And then you hand that to the people at the table and they will give you a shirt. If you ball up your piece of paper and eat it and then walk up to the table and say, hey, I'd like a shirt, they're gonna laugh at you, okay? With that mean kind of laugh, like, ha, no. That's what's gonna happen to you, okay? Don't make that happen to you. Now, all of that explanation has happened. Up next, uh, you have some, we have a bunch of new leaders. So I'm super pumped about that. If you're a new leader, we love you very much and you're our favorite. Um, leaders, other leaders, don't, don't tell those. All right, so um, we, have a, we have made a uh, fun and quick video to tell you who your leaders are and uh, who's in your group. Now, I wanna remind you, shh, 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 shh. this is very important, people forget this. I wanna remind you that you can trade groups whenever you want to. I just don't want you trading every week. So if you're like, Uh, I'm going to move over there. Then just move over there for good. Okay. And then like in six months or something, if you're like, uh, I mean, you can move back. That's fine. I don't care. But um, we need to get the groups basically balanced. So if all of you, like there's like a hundred thousand, let's say, I don't know how many 10th grade boys there are, but let's say there's like 70. And um, all of you are like, we love each other. We'll be the same group with that guy. And like all of you just like 70 of you pile on that guy, what he's going to do is split you in half and send 35 of you to the other group. Okay. So don't do that. Be cool. And it'll be good. So we're gonna watch this video and you're not going to move until I tell you to. Here we go.